Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. I want you to grab your Bibles. I want you to grab your Bibles and go to the book of Matthew. Go to the book of Matthew. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament. As you're going there, why don't you look at the person next to you and tell them you are looking fantastic this morning. Come on, encourage somebody online. Encourage somebody in your house or your office, wherever you're watching. In fact, why don't you look at the other person on the other side, the one you first ignored, and tell them all I want for Christmas is you. If you're single, you better say that to like four people. Something might work. (laughs) Matthew chapter 1. Go to Matthew chapter 1. I love Christmas time at church. And uh, today we're going to focus on Jesus. It's who our focus is every single weekend. If you don't know, we gather because of Jesus. We worship because of Jesus. We give because of Jesus. We participate because of Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Amen. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, Christmas at Calvary. We're going to read the story, and I love this story. If you don't have a Bible, uh, we're going to try to get one to you. If you raise your hand, if not, you can share with the person sitting next to you. We'll put it up on the screens as well. Matthew chapter 1, go down to verse 18. Go down to verse 18. If you're there, can you say amen? Awesome. You guys look incredible this morning. Down in verse 18, the word of the Lord says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, he resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Jesus. Emmanuel, which means God with us. Come on. How good is that right there? God with us. Out of Matthew's uh, story of the birth of Jesus, today I want to share a little bit around that message as we think about Christmas. I know we're busy buying last-minute gifts and stuck in traffic and trying to not cut anybody at the mall. But I want to talk to you around the theme of peace because I think it's important not to lose your peace when the one that we focus on is the Prince of Peace. And we can easily be celebrating he who is the Prince of Peace yet lose the very thing he came to give us. And so today in the morning, I want to talk to you around this title, Don't Lose It. Don't Lose It. Look at five people around you and tell them, don't lose it. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. Don't you lose it. Don't 
loser. Let's pray. Let's pray and then we'll get into uh, God's word for a little bit. Then we'll worship one more time. I love our worship team. Tonight's going to be a night of worship. And uh, you got to be back in the building. It's going to be awesome. 6 p.m. We also have free s'mores, free hot dogs, free soda. It's going to be an awesome, awesome night together as we celebrate outside. Uh, but make sure you're here at 6 p.m. It's going to be incredible as we worship Jesus. We'll worship one more time and then go outside and enjoy our time together. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for this family called Calvary. Thank you for every single location that is watching today, connected. Thank you for this household of faith. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for your goodness, your grace. Thank you for loving people like us, God. We couldn't get to you, but you came down to us. And for that, we thank you. We love you. You are good. You are awesome. And you are worthy to be praised. And all of Calvary Church says... Oh, come on, all of Calvary Church says, can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? During the French War, there was this one train that was speeding to make it back to the headquarters because they had to drop off soldiers who were ready to go to battle. I read the story this week that the train was going way faster than it should have and you can hear the train screeching from miles away the train was shaking it was flying through the curves it had to cover about 60 miles of rough terrain and there were some tough parts on that ride and all the riders of the train were losing their minds they were nervous they were hanging on to dear life because this train was rushing to make it back to where it needed to go. Everybody was nervous except this one little girl and they approached this young little girl who was in the first cabin as reporters of the war, of the war were there and they said, you seem to have peace and joy when all of us are scared that this train might run off the rails. Why do you have peace? How come you're not afraid? And she said, why should I? My father's the one that's at the engine. I wonder if you have peace even when you know it's your father that's at the engine of your life. How many of us have peace in our soul knowing that even though things seem out of control, there's one who is always in control. He's in charge of my life. He has the steering wheel of my soul. Can I get an amen? How do you react when things seem out of control? What do you do when life seems wild? Where is your trust this Christmas season? Do you trust your 401k? Do you trust your salary? Do you trust your friends, your family, your loved ones? I wonder if our trust, our confidence, our faith is in what the news tells us, is in what the newspaper tells us. Where is our trust? Where's our faith? Can you remain at peace? even when it seems there's no peace around us. Because peace is not a circumstance. Peace is a person, and his name is Jesus. Today, you can be at peace even when everything is out of control. Now, for human beings, that's difficult because we love to be in control. Anybody here a controlling person? Don't point at the person next to you right now. That'll <laughs> cause some problems this Christmas season. Control can be addicting. 
And you can try to begin to control everything in your life, but that creates a problem because the problem is this. Desire for control only develops fear. Your desire and my desire to control everything in our life will only start to feed fear in our life because all of a sudden you think you have control of everything. I have control of my spouse. I have control of my kids. They're not going to go anywhere. I got GPS on them. I know where they're at 24-7. I got control of my job. I got control of my salary. I got control of my health until you start to realize you are not in control. And when you lose that feeling, that sense of control, you will panic and you are only feeding fear in your life. Human beings, we are addicted to control. We love to control, to know that we have everything under our control. I got my ma- I'm managing my health. I'm managing my family. I know where my spouse is. I know where my kids are. I got my job. I know my bank account. But as soon as things are out of control, we begin to lose our minds. We don't understand when life spirals out of control. And life will spiral out of control. I mean, you'll get a phone call and life will spiral out of control. You'll get a text that you weren't expecting, an email. that you, They'll call you into the office at work and tell you something. They'll call you to your kid's school, into the principal's office and tell you something. And all of a sudden, life is not under control like you thought it was. What do we do? There's some of us here today or perhaps watching online. Life is out of your control. Your health is out of your control today. You're saying, I got a bad diagnosis. I have no idea what's going to happen with my future. Life seems out of control. And because it's out of control, your faith levels are low. Maybe you're here today and you're like, my spouse is not here. I've been praying for them for two years and I still don't know what's going to happen. Life seems out of control. Some of you in here, perhaps you've been trying to have a baby for years and you're saying, God, where are you? Have you forgotten about me? I don't have this area under control and I thought it was going to be much easier. God, what do I do with my marriage? We're separated. We're heading toward divorce. And it seems like life is out of control. But that's where faith steps in because faith is not control. Oh, you're not hearing me this morning. Faith is not having control of your life. That's not faith. That's faith in you. (laughs) I got it all under control. But when life is out of control, faith is trusting that God is in control. Faith is trusting that even though circumstances and situations, they may be crazy, they may be spiraling out of control, there is a God who sits above the circle of the earth, the Bible says, that earth is his footstool, and he's the one that has me in the palm of his hands. Oh, come on, that's faith. Faith is not seeing. Faith is believing what God has said. And though it may look crazy around me, I have a God who has spoken a word. Faith is saying, my God said it, my God will do it, It shall come to pass. I may not see it right now, but eventually it will come to pass. Anybody grateful that you have a God that sticks to his promises? He's a faithful God. He's always in control. Oh, come on. The Dow Jones may be on the floor. The world may be going crazy, but there's a God that says, if you trust me, if you put your eye on me, if you just have faith, I got you in the palm of my hands. That's the good God that we serve. 
And so this Christmas, we're not losing our minds because our husband is spending way out of budget because our wife is buying more than she can manage. And we're not losing our minds because our kids are going crazy at school. We're not losing our minds because our health may be all over the place. We got peace in our soul because our peace is in God. And if God is on the throne, everything's going to be all right. I got news this morning. He's still on the throne. He's still in charge. He still heals. He still delivers. He's still God. He's still awesome. He's still the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Somebody give God a praise this morning. Come on. Tell the person next to you, don't lose it. Don't lose your peace. Even if you've lost the schedule of when things you wanted didn't come on time. Don't lose your peace. In fact, I'll put it this way. Today, surrender control to secure peace in your soul. Surrender control. If we could just let go and say, God, I trust you. God, I got my eyes on you. I don't have control of my life, but I know I'm in the palm of your hands. You can secure peace for your soul. This is what Christmas is all about. Christmas comes to remind us that there's a God who's in absolute control. More than the trees, more than the lights, more than the fake snow outside, more than all of that. Christmas is a reminder that God is always in control. Because the world was waiting for a savior. And when it seemed like it was waiting forever, God came through on his time with the Messiah named Jesus. Sweet baby seven pound Jesus. <laughs> we, we just read the gospel of Matthew. And Matthew, he gives so much detail when he's giving about the birth of Jesus. When he's retelling the story. Matthew wants us to know that this is the Messiah that the world has been waiting for. Because the world was waiting for Jesus for a long time. I don't mean two months. I don't mean two years. I don't mean 20 years. I'm talking about a long time waiting on God. Have you ever waited a long time on God? Some of you are waiting here this morning. You're waiting for the spouse to come to Jesus. You're waiting for your kids to start acting normal. You're waiting for some health issue in your life. You're waiting for God to come through on his promise of provision. You're waiting for the business to happen. You're waiting for God to bring what you thought he was going to bring 20 years ago. And time has kept going. And it seems like God has delayed his promise. Have you ever waited on God? What do you do when you wait on God and it seems like he's not answering? They didn't wait for 20 years. They waited for 700 years. Centuries they were waiting on God. God, God, you said that the Messiah was coming. You were going to send a savior to the world. But yet 700 years have passed and God still no Messiah, no answer, no king, no ruler. Where are you, Lord? You ever felt that way? God, where are you? God, are you serious? I'm still overdrafted. I'm still losing my mind. I still don't have a job. I still don't have my sugar foot, my honey boo. I'm still single. God, the business is still not prospering. God, the health issue is still there. You ever waited on God long enough that you start to make your own plans? Because God is not answering. You start answering your own prayers. 
Right, because God is taking way too long. I want to tell you, though, it may seem like God is taking long. God is still working even when we're waiting. We serve a God that he may be silent. It may seem like he's silent, but he's never still. He's the God that never sleeps nor slumbers. So while we're waiting, God is working. He's working things out in our soul. He's working things out in our family. He's working things out in our life. God is always working. And it may seem like he hasn't answered your prayer. He just hasn't answered it on your time. And that's the thing. We live in an instant gratification generation. We want things right now. Our way, right away. You ever get so desperate, even your microwave is not fast enough? Put it in there for 30 seconds. At 15, this should be done. They should do something faster than this, right? This is the kind of world that we are living in today. We want everything now. So we want our healing now, our spouse now. We want God to come through now. God, restore my marriage now. You, you messed it up for 25 years. Now you want God to do a miracle in 25 seconds. You've been acting a fool for 25 years. Now you're going to say, God, can you heal my marriage? And you get mad at God when he doesn't act on your time. But the thing is, God operates outside of our time. God doesn't live in our time and our space. He's a God who operates in eternity. He's outside of time. So you have your calendar, but God has his calendar. And I want to tell you today, his calendar is perfect. His calendar is amazing. And he's never late. He's rarely early. But he's always right on time. Because it's God's time, not our time. Tell your neighbor, don't lose it. So you're waiting, saying, God, work. I don't see you, God. I don't hear you, God. You're not coming through for me. But as what we say often, a waiting season is never a wasted season. God is working things out in our soul that we can't understand. I'm waiting for you to fix the marriage, God, but you're actually fixing me before. Many times he doesn't want to fix the circumstance. He wants to fix your soul. God, I'm waiting for the health to get better, but, but he's working out patience in my soul. He's fixing the temper. He's working out areas. The people of God were waiting centuries for Jesus. In fact, from the last book in the Old Testament to the new book in the New Testament, there's a 400-year gap. Many theologians refer to it as the 400 years of silence. That God has not spoken to his people in 400 years. There's no recorded word from God. God hasn't spoken to his prophets. There is no new word. There's no new prophecy. God, where is God? But after 400 years, God is on the move and he begins to speak once again. Matthew chapter 1, Matthew is trying to persuade, convince the readers that Jesus is the Messiah we've been waiting for for centuries. And he refers to the prophecy of Isaiah that was 700 years before. Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14. Isaiah said this 700 years before. Isaiah said, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Matthew, when he's retelling the story of the birth of Jesus, he says, this is the one Isaiah was talking about 700 years before. 
And what Matthew's trying to tell us, convince us, persuade us about is that God is always faithful to his promises. And if he said something, eventually it will come to pass. I know it's been two months. I know it's been 20 years. I know it may look like a century, but if God said it, he'll do it because he's a God that never lies and he's not a man to ever go back on his word. I want to tell you this morning that he ever, if he ever said anything about your life, your marriage, your kids, your family, your provision, you can bank your life on it because God is not a liar and he sticks to his promises. Can I get an amen? Today, you can bank your life on the God that never breaks prophecies. So Matthew says, what Isaiah was talking about, this is him. In fact, you keep reading through Matthew and he keeps referring to Old Testament prophecies because he said, our God is, I can imagine Matthew writing this. Matthew's like, this is crazy. Oh my God, what Isaiah said, that was him. Then he gets to Matthew chapter two. And he says, Micah, the Old Testament prophet Micah. Micah says that he would come out of Bethlehem. Guess where Jesus was born? Mi burrito sabanero, Bethlehem. Right? Then in, in Matthew chapter 2, he continues. He goes, look at Hosea. And he refers to Hosea because in the book of Hosea in the Old Testament, it says that he would call him out of Egypt. When Jesus was born, he had to go hiding into Egypt. Matthew's like, every single thing that God said is true. He refers to Jeremiah. He says, remember Jeremiah? He says, Rachel would weep as children would die. This is the dark prophecy. Because when Jesus was born, Herod was so full of greed and envy that there was another king. What did he do? He slaughtered all the babies to and under. And there was wailing in the city, crying in the city. And Matthew's like, I know this is crazy. But what Micah said, what Hosea said, what Isaiah said, 700 years later, it has come to pass. Because God is a God of promises. I don't know about you, but that encourages me. Because even when seven days go by, or seven years, or 17 years, I trust in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I trust in the God of promises. I trust my God that if he said it, he'll do it. My trust is not in man. My trust is not in my job. My trust is in my God. If you trust your God this morning, give him a praise. Come on. Come on, he's a good God. Let Christmas remind you that God is faithful. Oh, this is more than a donkey and a Christmas tree and nice songs and gifts. And I hope I get the iRobot and the iPhone and all the i things. That's amazing. But I got the Savior. The one God promised is here. Now imagine Joseph. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Joseph's shoes. <laughs> Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Now, Joseph, life is out of control for him. Because we read it, and we're like, this is cute. This is amazing. It is but then Joseph, he's met this girl in youth group, Calvary Youth on a Friday night. Her name is Mary. He's in love with her. It's like, oh, she's cute. She's, she's the one. She's the one. He's telling all his boys, she's the one. I love her. Right? They start dating. They go to the fair together with the youth group. And they're enjoying time together after youth they all go to Taco Bell to 2 o'clock in the morning they're loving it he proposes to her 
at the Jerusalem Botanical Gardens. They get their engagement pictures. They're having an amazing time. They can't wait to go down to the chapel. But, but maybe a couple months later, Mary comes up to him and says, Joseph, I need to tell you something. An angel appeared. Just an angel came and said that I'm pregnant. And uh, the Holy Spirit helped me become pregnant with the Savior of the world. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. Like if I was dating Diana, and she comes to me with this story, who's holy? Where's the spirit? I don't know what you're talking about. Nah, nah. Joseph had to make a decision because now things are out of control. I had it all, I had it all planned. We're engaged. The Bible says they were engaged. They're about to get married. They probably had all these dreams, all these plans. We're going to get married. She said yes to the dress. They got the birthday cake. Some of us, we have life all figured out. And I know what I'm going to do next year, and these are my plans. I know what life is going to look like, and these are the goals in my life. What happens when life is out of control? Can you still have peace? Joseph I mean, we read it quickly, but he, he probably lost sleep for a couple nights. The Holy, Holy Spirit, come see what angel. I don't know who she's talking about. This thing is crazy. And he was planning to divorce her. We could judge Joseph, or we can say, yeah, I'm just like Joseph too. Because when life seems out of control, how many times do I try to divorce God? Got him through. When the job ain't right, when the money situation ain't right, when the marriage seems all over the place and we keep fighting, when our health is all over the place and we don't understand it, when we're getting nothing but bad reports from family, when life seems out of control, God, we don't worship the same. We don't love the same. We don't give the same. Heart for the house. I'm going to show you a heart for the house. Right. We divorce God. We divorce his plans because we prefer our plans. I'm not going to connect group. I'm not serving on dream team. I'm not doing anything because life is out of control. But Christmas comes to show us you can have peace because even though you don't understand the plan, you can accept that God always has a purpose. Usually, I heard a preacher say this, when we overestimate our control, we underestimate his power. God has so much power. He'll flip the script on us and still show us I'm in control. What do we do? Christmas is this week. I know it's going to be crazy. I know you probably have already had 30 holiday parties and we've all overeaten and there's been an indulgence of carbs and uh, there's crazy traffic and the Palmetto gets worse this week and the malls are all packed and you still haven't shopped for some gifts and you know, they're all on back order and they're not going to get here on time and we're trying to figure it out. I know, I know it's going to get crazy. It's a fun, crazy week. But let Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 23 remind you, you can have peace even when life is out of control. God, but, but my kids are all over the place. I don't understand. It's not how I raised them, but you can have peace. He, he loves them more than you love them. 
God, but my marriage, I don't understand. We're, we're separated now. This Christmas. It's going to be our first Christmas. Some of you, it's going to be the first Christmas you separate in separate houses. That's never fun, but you can trust him. And you can have peace even when life is out of control. God, this is going to be the first Christmas that there's an empty chair and somebody's missing because they passed this year. It's going to be rough. How do you deal with that? How do you? I can have peace when I surrender control to the one who's always in control. I don't understand why it happened, but I trust that he knows why he's doing it. We'll finish with these last three things and let's worship one more time. What do I do so that I can secure peace in my soul? Number one, lay down your plans. Lay down your plans. We all have plans for our lives, schedules, timings. But perhaps your plans, can we just try to think that perhaps your plans, my plans, are not as good as his plans. He's way smarter than me. He has way more wisdom than me. I'm, I'm pretty smart, but he's smarter than me. And so God probably has way better plans than I do. I heard a story about a couple who got to the airport and uh, they approached the counter. They were literally there getting ready to board the plane. They were the first ones there. They showed their tickets and they tell them, hey, can you guys sit off to the side? We'll board you in just a minute. All of a sudden, over the next 15, 20 minutes, everybody got there and everybody started to go in. You know how people lose their minds trying to go in the plane? Anybody seen people like that? Any of you are those people? <laughs> and the whole couple was there. Like they started arguing, like, you go talk to them. No, you go talk. You go to the counter. We were here first. How come we haven't boarded it? Everybody got on the plane and it seemed like they had forgotten about that. And the older gentleman, he approaches the counter. He says, hey, I'm so sorry. We were the first ones here. We've been waiting for half an hour. You guys still haven't called our name. And they said, yes, we're so sorry. Somebody at the counter recognized you and decided to upgrade you to first class. You never know what God is working out. You have your plans, but God has better plans. And perhaps he's putting you on first class to his destiny, his goals, his plans for your life. What God has for you, you can't even imagine. And so while we're arguing and while we're upset, God is working it out. The Bible says this, Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Jesus told the disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. A lot of us know that verse, but our Christianity belief has turned into, no, God, you follow me. You follow my plans. Christians were funny. We preach faith, but we practice control. Come on, this, I'll include myself there. We preach a whole lot of faith, and we tell people about faith in God, but what we want is control of our own plans. Number one, can you lay down your plans and say, God, this Christmas is not about what I think, what I imagine, what I have scheduled, but I trust that you love me. You're working it out for the good of all who love you. Number one, lay down your plans. Number two, live by God's promises. Live by God's promises. Joseph, he was trying to figure it out. He had to literally lay down all of his plans that he had for him and Mary, where they were going to live, what they were going to do, because Jesus came, and now everything switched for them. Literally had to go hiding down to Egypt, who knows how many years they had to be down there. When they came back, one day they lost Jesus. You ever lost a child? You ever lost a child that's not yours? I had to take care of my nephews one day and I lose them for five minutes at a Publix and I'm losing my mind. Imagine you get entrusted the Savior of the world and here they lose him just to come back and find out he's in the temple teaching about the Father's business. 
all right? God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to live by your promises, not my plans. I'm going to live by your promises, not my own words. I'm not going to put my faith and my trust in this world, what it can offer. I'm not going to put my trust in the house, the car, the salary, the 401k, or the stock market. I'm going to put my trust in the one who spoke a word. Because I know if he spoke it, eventually it will come to pass. Today I want to tell you there's a hope and a future for your life. He's madly, deeply in love with you. God has not forgotten about you. God has not forsaken you. In fact, you're here this morning. You're listening to this because God is reminding you he loves you he has a plan and a purpose for your life he has not left you he has not forgotten about you he's a good God he loves you live by his promises lay down your plans live by his promises and we'll finish with this look forward with peace how can I have peace by laying down my plans I'm gonna live by his promises and I'm looking forward with peace in my soul that God is who he says he is what he says will come to pass. He sent a savior to the world called Jesus. And because of that, today I'm forgiven. Today I'm saved. Today I'm redeemed because he loves me. Because he didn't forget about me. And so yes, life may be out of control. And yes, I may not understand it. But I know that he loves me so much that he sent his son Jesus to come and die for me. And the promise that he spoke over 700 years before came to pass. So today, I'm looking forward that whatever he speaks, it will come to pass. This Christmas season, in a lot of Christian circles, they call it or refer to it. It's an old Latin term called Advent. And maybe you've heard of it. Advent, literally what it means, it's waiting. And a lot of us, we practice Advent during the Christmas season. And what that means literally is that we read scripture for days leading up before Christmas because it, teaching, it teaches us to wait on God. And we remember the stories of how the prophets had to wait. Of how old men and women of faith had to wait. All throughout scripture. And you see how there's all these prophecies. And for years they waited. They waited because a king was coming. A savior was coming. A redeemer was coming. Advent means waiting. 700 years later the savior came. And he fulfilled every single promise. He lived for 33 years. And after 33 years, he laid down his life for humanity, went up on the cross, and he died. The Bible says he resurrected, then he ascended to the Father. And now the Bible says that there's a second advent. In other words, there's a second coming of Jesus. The first advent should help us look forward with peace that he who said he's coming again will come again. Maybe we're looking around the world and we're saying, God, when are you going to make everything right? Look at the brokenness, look at the evil, look at the sin, look at my family, look at the mess that we're in. Let the first advent give you hope, peace, and expectation for the second one, that he is coming. In fact, he's already here. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. Because he's here, I have peace in my soul. I have peace in my soul. This Christmas, don't lose peace. Don't lose it. He's with you. I want to pray for some people that I believe you've lost peace. And it's the Christmas season and you're thinking about everything you got to do or everything that's wrong. And you've lost the peace that the Prince of Peace came to give us. I want us to stand up on our feet. In fact, while we're standing up, if the media team could put up some of the promises up on the screen, we, we put up some promises just so you know everything that he's promised. 
And I hope that some of those promises today will encourage you and help you that you lay down your plans, you live by his promises, and because of his promises, you can look forward with peace. The Bible says that his presence will always be with us. Hebrews 13, chapter, verse 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We also have the promise of God's protection. Genesis 15, 1 says, I am your shield. We have the promise of God's power. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. God says, I will strengthen you and I will help you. We have the promise of God's provision. Philippians 4.19, my God will meet your every need. We have the promise of God's goodness. Psalm 84, verse 11, the Lord gives and he doesn't withhold good things. Come on, those are just some of the promises that we have in scripture. There's way more promises. Over 700 promises found in scripture. Today, lay down your plans, live by his promise, and look forward with peace. I want us to close our eyes. I believe that there's people here today that you're dealing with a situation in your life. There's people in here today that because you've been waiting for a long time, because things are out of control, you've lost peace. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe you're saying, God, I, I keep getting bad diagnosis. When, when am I finally going to receive my healing? Maybe it's a separated marriage and you're saying, God, I thought you would restore this and I thought you would fix this. Some of you, you, you haven't been able to conceive and you haven't been able to have kids and you're saying, God, where, what are you doing? Have you forgotten about us? I don't know what it is. Eat, all of us, we have something perhaps that's stealing our joy, our hope, our peace. This Christmas, why don't you do something? Why don't you give it to him? Why don't you give God something this Christmas? Give him what's stealing your joy was stealing your peace, was stealing your hope. The Bible says in the book of Peter, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. I don't know what this week is going to look like, but here's what I, I, I know. He wants you to think about him. It's what it's all about. He wants you to see his heart. His, he wants you to see his love. He wants you to see how much he cares for you. He says, what's on your mind? What's on your soul? Cast it to me because I care for you with every eye closed with every head bowed if that's you if you're saying there's been something that's been stealing my hope my peace there's some of you that you haven't been able to sleep it's been weeks perhaps months you haven't been able to get a good night's sleep because there's this thing that's stealing your peace there's something that comes to steal the joy that God wants to give you don't lose it this Christmas turn that situation over to him. If that's you, if you're saying there's something on my mind that I, I know I need to let go and give it to God. I'm laying down my plans. I'm laying down what I thought were my goals and I'm picking up God's design. If that's you, lift up your hand all across this place. Lift up your hand as high as you can. Hands raised all over this place. I'm going to ask pastors, leaders to walk around the building. Walk around the building, lay a hand on somebody's shoulder. Father, we thank you. We thank you for all these hands raised across the auditorium. If you're at home, if you're watching on Calvary Connect Online, come on, lift up your hand there in the office, your cubicle, wherever you're at. Come on, I believe the Holy Spirit is there too. Father, I thank you. I thank you that you're a good God, that you love us, that you're for us. Father, you see every single lifted hand in this place. We know that you're a healer. We know, God, that you care for us. And your word says to cast all of our cares, our anxieties, our worries, to give it to you because you care about us. 
And so this morning, God, I'm praying for the Prince of Peace to come and give peace to every hand that's lifted. Father, I pray that you come healing hearts, lives, souls, homes, marriages, families. In Jesus' name, God, I pray that you give peace where there's worry. I pray that you give peace where there's anxiety. I pray that you bring healing where all hope has been lost. I pray that you bring hope and peace, joy in the name of Jesus, God. I pray that you restore homes this morning. I pray that you bring healing to bodies, minds, souls, emotions in Jesus' mighty name. God, we know that nothing is impossible for you. And I pray that people who are up against impossibilities today, God, that their faith would be lifted, that their eyes would be lifted, that their eyes would be placed on you. You are the hope of glory, God, that will lay down our plans, our schedules, our dreams, our goals, and will understand that life's detours are really just God's designs. And God, you're working it all out for the good of those who love you. God, that our trust would be put on you. God, that we will live with faith, expectation, hope, peace, knowing that you go before us, you go behind us, and you surround us every single day. Peace today where there is no peace. Joy today where there is no joy. God, I pray that today you will turn our mourning into dancing. In Jesus' name, that you will put peace in the soul of every single person who calls upon your name. We thank you. We love you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, we're leaving in just a moment. If you're here today, this is your first time, second time. If you're watching online for the first time, maybe you've been coming for a little while, but you still don't know God. You're far from God. You're saying, Alex, I don't know if I have a relationship with God. Maybe you're thinking, I've done so many bad things. I've done evil. I've done wrong. I don't know if God wants anything to do with me. I'm here to tell you God wants everything to do with you. He loves you so much. With every eye closed, every head bowed, the Bible says all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. The Bible says that our sin separates us from God. God is love, but God is also holy. And he can't be with sin. The Bible says that sin has a heavy price and it's called death. And the only one who can ever pay for sin, his name is Jesus. The Bible says he came is what we celebrate this week. He was born in a manger, lived for 33 years. And after 33 years, he resurrected. Gave up his life for me and for you. Went in the grave and then returned back to life so that you and I could have life. The Bible says he carried the sins of the world on his shoulders. He went up on a cross at a place called Calvary and he, he died for humanity. Today, with every eye closed, come on, in a moment of privacy, in a moment of prayer, if you're here today and you say, Alex, I don't know God. I feel distant from God. I would love a relationship with this God. Today, if you're here and you're saying, I know I need forgiveness for my sins. As we're praying, I'm going to count to three. If that's you, can you lift up your hand? I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just raise it up high enough and long enough for me to see you. I just want to see who I'm praying for. While the rest of us are praying, eyes closed, head bowed. If that's you, lift up your hand. I'll see you, then you can put it right back down. One, two, three. Raise up your hand as high as you can, as high as you can. Awesome, awesome. I see you, 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 I see you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. I see you, I see you. Awesome, awesome. If you're watching online, you can lift up your hand right there. God sees you wherever you're at. You can put your hands back down. Come on, let's say this prayer together. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 10, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. That means forgiven, healed, whole in Jesus' name. I want you to say this prayer with me. Come on, all of us, with our one voice out loud as one big family, say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you 
for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. From today on, I'm saved, I'm healed, and I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, he's a good God. Awesome, thank you, Marisa. Amazing. Hands went up all over this place. Hey, before the snow cones, the hot dogs, the rock climbing wall, if you raise your hand, maybe if you came by yourself or you know somebody here, tell them, hey, can you come with me? Pick up a Bible. We have free Bibles outside. This Bible's for new Christians, new believers. We have them outside absolutely free, no strings attached. We just want to put one in your hands so you know the God who loves you. If you're watching online, text us. We'll mail one out to you. You see the number there on your screen. Come on. Can we give them a big hand one more time? Amazing. Anybody thank God? He's a good God. He's an awesome God. Tell the person next to you one more time, don't lose it. I pray that you have a week full of peace, a week full of joy, a big Merry Christmas from Calvary to you. Next week, no services, all online. Enjoy time with your family. Tonight, night of worship, and Friday, Christmas Eve at 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. Come on, can we put our hands together? Let's pray as we leave out of here. Father, we thank you. We love you. We pray that you go before us this week. Have your way in our life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Merry Christmas. We'll see you tonight, 6 p.m. Come on. Come on.